Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, this is Mary Lee Gannon, Executive Coach. I'm really happy that you're with me today for the Still Space Podcast, number five, Your Leadership Persona. You might say, well, what is a leadership persona? Why is that important? Your persona is the echo that enters the room before you get there and the one that is left behind when you leave. It precedes you and it follows you. It's how people perceive you and you can affect this, but it must be intentional. I'm going to show you how to do that. So think about somebody right now that you really admire because they have great presence. It might be executive presence, leadership presence, comedic presence, but they're really interesting to watch, to listen to, and you are intrigued by them. That's what I want for you when it comes to your leadership and your relationship building, because how we first perceive ourselves is how we're going to be perceived by others. So this is where you do Take a quiet moment in what I call the still space and you say to yourself, well, how am I projecting? How do people perceive me? And if you're not sure, you can ask people. Some of your closest friends say, you know, I'm working on my leadership or I'm working on my relationship skills and I want you to be frank with me. When you think of me, what are the qualities that you think of? And you might put that in context when you think of me at work or when you think of me in a meeting or when you think of me with our friends. Give them a little context and then listen very closely to what your close friends tell you. And be sure to tell them, I'm not looking for compliments here, I'm looking for realism. And don't interrupt them and don't defend against anything they say because there are golden nuggets in what they're going to be sharing with you. And if you can stand naked with your vulnerability and take that in, we can work with that. That's gold. And my clients and I work very, very closely on this because if you're perceived as a little tough or a little timid, we need to unravel what's behind that because then we can do something with that. If we're defending against it or we're constantly trying to project something that covers up our insecurities that are underneath it, then we're not perceived for the strength of leadership that we have. Now, there are a lot of charismatic leaders out there, 
Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin were charismatic leaders, very well liked at first, but didn't have the character to back up their leadership. You already have that. So we just want to unravel some of the coverings that might be over top of the perception of your leadership by building your self-awareness. We talked in a previous podcast about the three things. First one is self-awareness. Second one is the ability to self-regulate. And the third one is your own self-acceptance. And that's what we're building through these podcasts. That's what my clients and I are working together on all the time. And it creates a great harmony in their lives because then they have freedom. They're not dogged by head trash that's always telling them how they're not enough. They now step into the persona that is authentically them and authentically effective. Now, leaders with executive presence build trust. Those they influence aspire to emulate them, becoming high performers, better salespeople, converted purchasers, more aligned, collaborative, innovative. Executive presence is a persona that we project to others throughout our behavior. It is not mysterious. It is simply the manner in which we conduct our lives. It's how we act, the way we speak, carry ourselves, our body language, tone of voice, eye contact, listening, leadership, and the way others perceive us. So if we want more executive presence, we must project more of an executive leadership persona. This focus on persona behavior instead of the expectations that go with an executive title, this demystifies executive presence. Think of a leader you admire. That person has something unique about them and you want to know and develop that persona about yourself. Something that is authentically you, not put on. You don't want to be like someone else. You want to be aware of their presence so that you can be more aware of the presence that you're exuding when you are with people. After having spent 19 years in the CEO roles that I've had and 10 plus years as a certified executive coach, and I'm still running a $31 million organization by day and I'm coaching my executives on the side, I am absolutely certain that leaders are identified and qualified on their presence. If you can't hold a room, if you can't command attention, if you can't command authority and get people convinced in what you're saying, It's very hard to lead. You're not effective. Can people trust you? They're asking themselves, are you confident? Well, will others relate to you? This is what people think when they look at you. So you have to be able to put all of those red flags down. I tell my clients, you go somewhere and you think you have to do this dance to win favor. That's absurd. You walk in with favor. All you have to do is put all the red flags down. You don't have to get a bunch of green flags up. After having spent 19 years in CEO roles and 10 plus years as a certified executive coach, and as most of you know, I'm still working in corporate America as a CEO and coaching my executive clients on the side. I am absolutely certain that leaders are identified and qualified by their presence. No question about it. If you go into a room to lead a meeting, if you go into a negotiation, if you go into an interview and you don't have presence, people will not have confidence in you. 
Everybody thinks that you have to wow people to get them to like you. No, you just have to get all the red flags down. And here are what they are. I won't be able to trust this person. This person will want my job. Uh, other people aren't going to like them. They won't be competent. I'm going to have to spend a lot of time training them. They won't be able to command any authority. All of those things are red flags that you just have to put down. And you can do that simply by the way you stand, by your body carriage, by the way you hold your head, by your tone of voice. These are all things that you can develop in your still space is where you work on them. That's why we call this the Still Space Podcast. What is in the way of me showing up at my best self? Promotions and hiring are based not as much on what leaders can do, but as much as the people think they can do, right? Will the culture stay engaged or will they take no prisoners in the process? Will they offend people? Will people follow their lead? Or will there be disinterest or mutiny? Achievement is situational. Presence is sustainable. Your presence is the most important thing that you can develop. Executive presence affects retention, engagement, vision, strategy, and everything else that you are as a leader. It's measured against your presence. Executive presence is driven internally, not externally. It isn't something somebody teaches you. It is something you discover because you want to and are focused on building your efficacy. You want to be more effective. You want to be more connected to people. You want to be more relatable. It is easier with a coach fast-tracking you to that discovery. No question about it. Ask everybody that's ever had one. Coaches offer the third-party perspective. They see what you cannot see and know how to help you. It's the very reason that Athletes in non-team sports like ice dancing, they can't see themselves from the third-party perspective. Somebody else can look at them and see what they're doing, what they're not doing. That's why leaders have coaches, because someone from the third-party perspective who knows what they're doing, who has been where you've been, can see the nuances underneath and help you get rid of whatever it is that's in the way, maybe help you develop something that you need to learn that maybe you don't know. But that's why people hire coaches, because they can give you that fresh third-party perspective, especially if they've been where you are. Leaders with high executive presence also have high emotional intelligence, the awareness of and responsibility for the effect you have on others. They also have empathy to be able to step into the hearts and minds of others without judgment. It takes deep listening and intuition and curiosity without judgment. That's what mindful leadership is, without the judgment. No judgment on self, no judgments on others. And in this space, we interpret what lies under the surface. And we connect better with people because of it. As we develop our self-awareness, we begin to see how we project ourselves to others. That's why the first of the three things is building your self-awareness. Do we use the pause? Are we hurried in the pace of our speech? Do we notice the tone of our voice and vary the cadence to make a point? 
Do we notice the tone of our emails and other electronic communication? What is our image and appearance brand? How would you define your brand? Very important. Who do you admire and study? Confident people project optimism and assurance, and this influences others to trust them. That trust draws people to you. People follow leaders with executive presence because they have convinced the masses that they know what to do and can succeed. Now, think of what I said earlier. Hitler, Mussolini, and Stalin did that too, but there's something to be learned by how they did it. That aura of confidence drew people to believe, well, he must know what he's doing. Look at how confident he is. I can trust that he'll get that done. Now, if you don't have character and you're not a good person, that can be dangerous. But there's something to be learned by the way they carried themselves. Challenges to executive presence are not in a person's ability to learn the behaviors, but in their ability to see themselves from a third-party perspective and like what they see. Let me say that again. There are two parts to this. Looking at yourself from a third-party perspective and liking what you see. Even if it is not what you want to see, knowing that you're awesome, being aware of where you are, and willing to work on it. I can't underscore this enough. Those with great poise and presence don't need to be right. They want to get it right. And sometimes that means they don't have it all figured out. Yet they have the humility to admit that they want to grow. They have a certainty about them when they say, I don't know, but I will find that out for you. That's okay. Say you don't know. And say you will follow up and get back to them within a certain amount of time. They can make space for self-observation. That's the still space. They know how to be with their discomfort without reacting to it. In other words, they can say to themselves, I'm really uncomfortable here. Let me get a little curious about this. It's probably that I just haven't done this before, but I know I've not done a lot of things before and I've been awesome at them, so I'm just going to step forward. They make space for themselves. They can see a deliberate intention, set that intention, and follow it. They have vision. And the more they refine their superpower, the faster they get what they want. The faster they can pull it off in a high-stakes moment, that confidence, poise, executive presence, because they've practiced it. This is why my clients and I work on this first. Executive presence comes from the heart, comes from the soul. You can't just play it like an actor in a movie. It has to come from your inner core. And if there's something in the way there, it's going to keep showing up in your leadership and how you project. Charismatic leaders do not always make for sound executive presence. We know that. We've seen a lot of that in politics, etc. They ultimately will falter. Certainty is very important for presence. I see a lack of this often in people who have self-doubt. Be deliberate. No up-talk at the end of sentences. And by up-talk, I mean this. You either 
had cereal for breakfast or I had cereal for breakfast. You've been with people where they're delivering things and they need a little bit of affirmation. And at the end of their sentences, they say, see how the voice goes up? You know, I, I thought that I did this and then I went and did this, but I wasn't really sure. You know, that up talk at the end of the sentence, that shows a lack of confidence. No up talk at the end of sentences. The perfect match for the leader to prevail in a high-level role is to have deep-rooted, purposeful persona grounded in executive presence underpinned by noble character. Not shallow finesse, not that charisma. We've all seen charismatic leaders, had them as bosses. The boards hire them because they look like they know what they're doing. But underneath the surface, it's all smoke and mirrors. That's not you. You have the character. You have the knowledge. We have to help you be able to project that. Solid leaders encourage a sense of responsibility and commitment to their employees by setting a great example. They care about the development of their team. They reduce stress and let employees take more control. Watch three TED Talks this week. Not for the content of what they're saying, but for their presence. Notice where they hold their hands. Notice the eye contact. Notice how they vary the pace of their speech. I do a speech cadence analysis with all of my clients for this reason. Notice how they move. They don't stand in one place. Notice that they don't point their fingers, but they move their hands. Watch these talks and be very curious as to what you might discover. Don't go into it with something already preconceived. At first, you will notice the emotions that they exude, passion, confidence, and joy. You'll likely notice their values, honesty, diversity, family. Look again and discover the behavior that is behind their poise eyebrow movements, the turn of a head, they wait, the way they move from the podium, a power pose, how their eyes scan the audience. These are not traits, but behaviors. And to build these, we start with self-awareness and acceptance of our emotions, good and bad. An awareness of the people we are with, an ability to self-regulate our emotions in the moment, and then focus on the behavior we want to project. The way that we are speaking will be intentional. Not an accident, not an accidental career, not an accidental presentation, not just flying by the seat of our pants. Nope. We are going to be very aware of our behaviors. If we don't have a vision for our authentic leadership, and our authentic persona and continually invite feedback on how we might not be good enough or we allow the ego to jump into our face and scare us with, oh, don't take that risk. No, don't go out there and do that because you'll probably fail. And if you're going to fail, let's play small so we'll have small failures. I'd rather see you play big, fail big, fail early, Again, fail early if you're going to fail. Don't stick with something forever just because you started it. 
If it's not working out, cut your losses and do something else. Highly effective leaders, they don't stick with things that aren't working out. They know how to adjust in real time. They're not married to an outcome. They're married to mastery, to excellence. They have defined their true north. They're purposeful about their persona. They're interested in being the best that they can be. So I invite you to get curious about your persona today. Think about what we talked about. Number one, send an email or call a couple of your friends, people that you've worked with, and say, I'm working on my leadership brand. I'd really like some feedback on what qualities you think of when you think of me. And take that with humility. Don't, don't edit it. Take it in. And then see if that's what you like. And then watch people that you do like. And watch what they're doing. That's the persona that you want to work on. But first, you have to get that ego in tow. And have the humility to say, you know, I'm not perfect here, but I'm willing to get curious about what's in the way that I can't show up the way that I want to, the way these other people that I admire do. And that's where I can help you. So if you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it because this is where the meat is and this is where we'd have to start. Again, wishing you great leadership today, great peace, great relationship building. And finding that still space where you can have those curious moments about your leadership persona. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.